0: I wonder, what is your prayer life like? I think so often, we can be convinced that prayer is something that is really difficult and something that is a bit of a struggle. But I'm hoping by the end of today, we'll leave encouraged that actually we've been providing everything we need so that it is joy-giving, so that it is something that we love to do. So that it is something we run to do. The first church in Jerusalem is devoted to teaching. It's devoted to fellowship. It's devoted to the breaking of bread, and now we see that it is devoted to prayer. And they really are devoted. This word "devoted" is used ten times in the New Testament. Five times is used about prayer. So, what is true devotion to prayer look like i mean if we want to be like any church okay do you want to copy any church you're going to want to copy the church here in jerusalem revival takes place immediately after the spirit is poured out and the church is formed and in jerusalem we are seeing an extraordinary breakout of the gospel of the goodness of god of this uh, continuation of the ways of jesus in a community and that's what we want to be about right So I think we're going to copy the church. We want to copy this one. How can this church, in the way that they were devoted to prayer, help us come alive in our prayer? Well, why don't you turn to Acts 2, 42 through 47. And uh, we've been going through this passage every week and we're just reading the same passage every single week. Um, If you've got a Bible with you, please do flick there. If you don't have a Bible with you and you're regular with us, I would encourage you, bring a physical Bible. Get used to where books are in the Bible. Get used to the feel of it and moving around in it and getting a sense of what God is saying in different places in different seasons different times throughout Scripture. So important. Um, I know it's easy on our phone, but it really does take something um, from the goodness of God's Word uh, when we are just flicking, just typing something in and not able to get through it Discover where it is and place it. It says this, Acts two, forty-two. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The first thing I want us to see that being devoted to prayer is spirit filled. Notice something here. Before Jesus dies and is resurrected, we usually see Jesus praying on his own you noticed that before then throughout the old testament prayers in large groups they happen but they're rare and after jesus rises from the dead it changes jesus starts praying with the disciples and then now now that the church is born prayer changes again and man it is explosive the spirit is poured out and prayer becomes this dynamic movement It isn't just sitting in your room and saying your prayers. It's so much more than that. It's people together on the move, praying in power. Jerusalem becomes unrecognizable in those days. Why? Because thousands of people are caught up in spirit-empowered prayer. You've been to prayer meetings that are dry, haven't you? oh my goodness I went to one I went to one every week for about four years and there were some lovely people in that group I'm not disparaging them they're good people but we turned up and a couple of the ladies had been around the community and they'd been finding out what ailments everyone had and they came in with their list and we prayed through this list And if you prayed outside of that list, oh, you could have been in some serious trouble, by the way. And we just kept praying through this list every week. Then they'd go away, and they'd go back to these people and say, we did it for you, we prayed for you in the prayer meeting. And then they would come back with a new list, a new set of ailments. We, Greta's got a sore knee this week. We must pray for her. Now, that is a good desire. We want to pray for people. But prayer is so much more than praying for every sniffle and discomfort. Prayer is more than just pleasing people. Prayer is powerful. It's explosive. Compare that prayer meeting to the weekly prayer meeting that we had when we were in uh, Gateway Church on Friday mornings. And, And actually, you can't really compare it. I mean, I used to look so forward... To that meeting every week because you knew that the spirit of god was going to turn up and and do things and that actually from that place we would hear of testimony of stories of people having prayers answered of all kinds of things going on because people had anticipated that the power of god was going to be there as we prayed in fact i would say i mean i'd been a christian for a long time but i would say i really learned to pray in that prayer meeting just regularly praying week in and week out with spirit-filled believers who loved, loved Jesus and looked first to him and trusted in his power when they prayed. The Spirit of God is life-giving. That's why the temple was full of garden imagery. You would hear us talk about this quite a bit at Glasgow Grace. Because I think it's a really important theme through scripture. The temple is filled and the tabernacle is filled and it's designed with trees and water and plants, reminders of Eden, the first temple, that garden, where Adam and Eve walked with God in glorious communion. When God said, where are you, Adam? After they had sinned, it was in contrast to God walking in this intimate communication with these people where are you we are separated where before in this first temple they had walked by the spirit talking to their father but now through Jesus this great high priest all of us all believers everyone who has called in the name of Jesus and said "I, I want to follow you Jesus you are a priest did you know that we are a priesthood of all believers. Every single one of us. Paul says in his letter, one of his letters to the Corinthians, "Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Do you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? That same intimacy that we saw with Adam and Eve before sin, before uh, they lost that unbreak, or that imbra- seemed unbreakable uh, connection that they had." you are filled with that same presence. The presence that rose Christ from the dead, you are filled with that presence. The presence of God that came at Pentecost and birthed the church, it's in you, inside you. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Do you remember what Jesus did in the temple when it was being used for alternative purposes instead of prayer and worship? He literally got the whips out. He went in and he started driving people out, all the sellers and merchants. Why? Because he said, It is written, my house, the temple, shall be called a house of prayer. And he says that over you because you are temples of the Holy Spirit. You are his house. And you are a house of prayer. What are you filling yourself with? What do you need Jesus to drive out? What is robbing you from the life-giving power of the Holy Spirit? What is robbing you from spirit-filled prayer? What fills you up that means prayer has become dry and dull? It's time to get rid of them. Get rid of them all. And ask for people to pray for you. And there will be an opportunity for this later. That God will fill you afresh with his spirit. Prayer starts with encountering God. And devoted prayer is spirit filled. And it's also being loved. The basis of all prayer is this. Our Father. It is the Spirit poured out on these believers and on us that causes us, according to Romans and according to Galatians, to cry out, Abba, Father. And you know, this term, if you don't know, is a cry of affection. It is not an official term. It is not a title given to someone who is distant from you. It is given to someone who you are close with, who you love. It is like the child who instinctively cries out, Ada, Dada. Da. There is an intimacy here. It's a noise of reliance and, an, and of instinctive love. As the Spirit of God fills a believer, an instinctive response comes, Abba, Father, Daddy, Dad. We want to be close with him because we know he loves us. Some of you have not had good experiences with your fathers. In fact, some of them don't have the right to really even call themselves dads. They've not been there for you. They've not loved you. This father is different. He will never let you down. In fact, he says that Your salvation is sealed by His Spirit, the same Spirit that causes you to cry out, Abba, Father. It's unbreakable. He will never walk away from you. He will never let you down, no matter what. The basis of your prayer, the prayer that you go to, to call out to God, to be with Him, to converse with Him, is that He loves you. He adores you. And so that's why we can come confidently in prayer, and it's why Jesus teaches us to pray with a reminder of our identity at the very beginning it's not just a tradition this is how you should pray he says our father who art in heaven ah as your son your daughter i reorient myself in prayer so when you come to pray you remind yourself i'm a son or a daughter of the most high god And Jesus really, when he's teaching that, is, is inviting us, isn't he? He's saying, hey, come and enjoy my father's love like I have. Because he's really pointing forward to a day, a day that is now for us, that he would have shared his sonship through dying on the cross for us and sharing his inheritance with us so that you might be called a son or a daughter of God. And so now we share this sonship and Jesus says to us, brother, sister, come, let's enjoy our father's love. In fact, I I often think prayer meetings should really be like those kids who wake up on Christmas morning and gifts have arrived at the bottom of the bed and they've got good fathers, good parents. And so they know that they can pick up their gifts and they can run, sprint into their parents' rooms, and that their parents will be there for them, ready to pick them up, look into their eyes, with big smiles, cuddle them in close, and enjoy the moment of giving to their kids. That is what prayer is like. He loves to give to you as you come and pray and spend time with them. Did you know that? think like so often we think prayer is about coming and just kind of doing our duty, just doing our bit. Here I come with my prayers again. I better do these prayers before I start my day. No, we come to a Father who loves us and wants to give us good gifts. It should make us confident. So when we come into prayer meetings, listen, I know some people pray with fancy words. Some people pray really long. Some people pray with big, bold statements and they're loud and that's great. I love that, I'm guilty, okay? But don't you know that he loves your words too? Even if you feel like you can't get them out. Even if you feel like you can only get one or two out. He loves to hear from his children. And we want a culture here at Glasgow Grace where it's not just like two or three like professional types who pray out. We want people, everyone, coming confidently to their Father and enjoying Him together in prayer. We don't want prayer to be boring. We don't want prayer to be formal. We don't want prayer to be something that you feel like you can't contribute to unless you have prepared something well in advance no we want you to know that you're coming to your daddy to your father and that together we cry out to him and enjoy him together devoted prayer is spirit-filled it's being loved and it's on the front line Those kind of infant cries of dependence that we have in our prayer meetings should quickly move to mighty battle cries of advance. To push back darkness and to bring the light of God into our world. Closeness with God should be closely followed by a life given for his mission. We want more than just powerful moments in the church. We want to see powerful moments as the church. That's what Alan Scott said. He founded Causeway Coast Vineyard and helped to establish a ministry called Healing the Streets. You might have heard of. What's he saying there? He's saying, look, don't just keep it in the meetings. It's supposed to flow out from the meetings and we're supposed to make an impact by the power of the Spirit through our prayers. What did Jesus say to his disciples about receiving the Spirit again? Do you remember? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. The reason we receive power is not just to have some kind of soaking time as if we only get wet during church services before then immediately drying off as we go into the world. That is not why the Spirit was poured out on his church. What a trick of the enemy. Let them think that they are spirit-filled believers changing the world one church service at a time. No. (laughs) He's tricking us into thinking that if we just keep it in here, then, yeah, we must be doing the right things. Guys, if we're not going out there and seeing the Spirit of God working through us, if our, if our meetings aren't about gathering to go, as we keep saying, then I'm sorry, but we need to be very careful about what we're doing in here. We need to ask ourselves, is it really genuine? Because it seems to me as I read the Bible that the consequence of being intimate with God, receiving the Spirit of God, is to... Go in power as his witnesses. It's how every revival you can read about in history began with prayer. God's people crying out to him for transformation of their communities, sometimes persevering for decades. And then God comes, he saves, he transforms whole communities. The overflow of a people praying in the presence of God and convinced of the Father's love for them and they're one for them in Christ is to have compassion on all the people out there who do not know Jesus yet, to pray for them. So if our prayer meetings are only about, oh Lord, like more of you, more of you, but don't then flow to, Lord, save Glasgow, transform this city, see it, find life, then there's something wrong. When the church in Jerusalem ran into persecution, something really interesting happens in their response. I'm not sure it's how we would have responded. Now, it was their habit to pray together, so they went and prayed. Okay, you'd expect that. We're talking about being devoted to prayer. And when they do, when they go and pray, what do they do? They praise God, and then instead of asking for the persecution to go, Instead of asking for the discomfort to leave them, what do they ask for? Let me read it to you. Acts 4, 29 through 30. Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. When things go wrong, when life throws a spanner in the works, our response should be to pray... That God uses that situation to make us bolder, to show His power, to do miracles. Even we've become so comfortable, haven't we? Honestly, my response often would be, "Lord, take it away." Not the early church, not this church would be really effective. And I say, "No, yeah, more of your spirit. Saw that." we can go boldly, even more boldly than before. Devoted to prayer quickly moves to prayers to change hearts and transform the world for Jesus. Let me give you a little challenge I was given as part of a, a little online course I did with some friends, some in the church during the second lockdown. Find a way of asking one person this week if God was to do a miracle in your life what would you want it to be? I just find that such a helpful tool because you know people want miracles in their life they want God to come and do things I've used this a number of times now in Chinese takeaways, cafes and almost every time it's led to a conversation and an opportunity to follow up with probably the most powerful question you could ever ask anyone. Would you mind if I prayed for you? I mean, that is a life-changing question. Because if they say yeah, and you get to pray for them, and God's power moves in that moment, their life could be transformed forever. Now, along the way, we'll see opposition. We see that as we read through Acts. Along the way, it won't always happen for us. Along the way, there'll be disappointments. And the temptation, and I've been guilty of this, is that when we get those disappointments, we shrink back again. Can I encourage you? The Spirit of God is with you. Keep going. As Johnny said, be resilient. To be a Spirit-filled believer, a part of God's church, is to be a life-giver. And it's to walk in the power that raised Christ from the dead. Now, that's not hyperbole. I'm not exaggerating for effect. That is matter of fact. That's gospel truth. Let's keep encouraging each other to trust in his power, to do his mission through his church. Devoted to prayer is spirit-filled. It's being loved, and it's on the front line. And lastly, this. It is with one another anyone ever said to you the couple that prays together stays together everyone had that advice we've been given that advice a few times um okay it's really cheesy it's kind of true it's kind of true okay and it's actually kind of true for the church too prayer like communion we saw last week is like glue it unifies people who previously maybe had been pretty divided Listen, I I challenge you. If there is someone you've had a disagreement with in the church, then grab hold of them, talk about it first, and then ask to pray together. Honestly, so powerful. When Peter and John are arrested and the church responds with prayer, like we saw a minute ago, they begin by lifting their voices together together. In prayer. Now, I think it's likely that it really was everyone who raised their voices together at one time, like we sometimes practice, practiced early on, in in uh, the meeting, and then after a while, they would have had people pray out in prayer, as in on their own, everybody else listening, and joining in with prayer. Now, the reason I believe that it must have moved to that latter part is because Luke knew what was prayed for; he wouldn't have known otherwise as he collected information about what to write. But even when only one voice is raised, we continue to pray together. There is a unity in the prayers of God's church. A lot of free churches in Scotland do this thing. Have you, know, have you been to a free church and, and seen this happen? Someone will get up to pray, and as they do, everybody else does too. And what they're doing is they're standing with them To say we're praying with you. Even though we're not praying out loud, we are praying with you. Now, we're not going to introduce that as a practice, but I think that's powerful. It's a powerful illustration of the togetherness that they have in prayer. We need to at least think that way every time we're praying together. Now, we often see this, where you have this temptation to kind of just store up what you want to pray about when you're not really listening to what other people are praying about. And so the prayer meeting goes in all kinds of directions, but it actually isn't being carried by the unity that we have in the Spirit. So my challenge to you is this. In the next prayer meeting that you're at, listen for what God is saying through other people. Join with them in it. and, And listen to God as you listen to them and he might give you something else that builds on that and then suddenly the prayer meeting has this momentum where you're like whoa God is with us and those Friday morning prayer meetings that I was talking about earlier where I kind of feel like I learnt to pray that happened all the time and there was this synergy this kind of dynamic move of the Spirit through the prayer meeting and God spoke so powerfully to people and it was as if it was just exactly what God wanted us to pray for and for Him to say to us in that moment. Those, that's what we mean by Spirit-led prayer. We want more of that Spirit-led prayer in our meetings. Let other prayers give you a rise of faith let other people build you up don't just come as an isolated individual who you think God only speaks to you and your voice is the only one that really matters because you just want to get your little moment in that prayer meeting where you feel good about yourself and what you've brought really try and avoid that please and we're all susceptible to it because that's where sin takes us and it's deceptive so let's try and keep together. Let's keep listening to one another and build one another up in faith. Tim Keller wrote this in his brilliant book on prayer. By praying with friends, you will be able to hear and see facets of Jesus that you have not yet perceived. Knowing the Lord is communal and cumulative. We must pray and praise together. That way, the more we share the heavenly bread between us, the more we shall have. I think that last part is. Quoting C.S. Lewis, devoted prayer is spirit filled, it's being loved, it's on the front line, and it's with one another. You ever st- feel like it's a struggle to pray? I'm sure we all do at times. But I'm hoping you can see that devotion to prayer in the New Testament is actually about life. It's life giving, it's not dry and hard, it's life giving and free. We have a, a pattern. That we've put in place for regular prayer at Glasgow Grace to help us to keep going together in prayer so let me remind you of what that looks like but I also want to remind you that that is not where it is only taking place it shouldn't be where it's only taking place okay but it's a a, it's rhythms to help us to then become a people of prayer where it becomes so much more natural for us to pray together Half an hour before every single gathering we have on a Sunday, we pray together. I'm so pleased that so many more people are coming to that every week. There was a time just after lockdown where there was like the band and me and whoever was leading the meeting that morning. And that was it, really. Maybe the hospitality team, when they, if, when they started turning up um, to start serving coffees, they would then join. But now we've got people coming just for that. And I just think, praise God. Let's see more people do that. We have an opportunity for people to receive prayer almost every Sunday. We now have a prayer team that is operating every Sunday, ready to pray for you if God's been speaking to you during the meeting. So in the second half of our worship after the preach, there is an opportunity to go and receive prayer. So uh, today, I think we're going to go down here because we've had to fill out the back, which is amazing. Um, We'll have a space down here for people um, to be prayed for, just at the side over here. Um, so if that's you, if you feel like God's been speaking to you this morning, uh, not this morning, well it could have been this morning, but this afternoon. Um, if God has been speaking to you, come receive prayer over here. Okay, we'd love to pray for you. Uh, we practice the laying on of hands. If you're not comfortable with that, just say, that's fine. And we'll still pray for you because God is powerful to move despite how we do it. So come receive prayer. We pray together at Every Grace Community. That's our midweek smaller groups around the city every time we every time we meet but we have a real focus once a month on prayer and worship we just spend time just praying and worshiping and praying for one another and on the first friday of every month we meet to pray at 7 a.m in the morning yes it's a sacrifice yes that alarm has to be set a little bit earlier but it is worth it it's glorious time together and often we go and have breakfast afterwards which is rather lovely but can i also encourage you Please look for more opportunities to pray elsewhere because prayer is dynamic. And so we have these rhythms as a basis for our patterns of prayer together. But we hope that they spill out into all areas of our lives, including praying for people who don't know Jesus yet, including praying with one another, maybe around your community. Maybe say, look, you just grab someone at your Grace Community or you grab someone on Sunday. You say, look, I'd love to go and pray for this particular area. I've given a heart. I just feel God's given me a heart to go and pray around that area. Go and pray with them. That would be brilliant. Look for opportunities to share the gospel and pray for people when you're out there. Ask them that question about if they would want to receive a miracle in their life, what would it be? Ask questions like that and pray for people. Pray regularly on your own, like Jesus did, drawing away from the business of life to be with your Father. That's so important. Pray with your spouse or your kids if you have those. Pray with friends. Pray at meal times. pray on the hoof, when you're at work, when you're at uni or college, whatever you're doing, being a mum, being a dad, pray, pray, pray. So Glasgow Grace, will we be a church devoted to prayer?